So welcome to Mentality. It's a slightly mentality with a difference here. My name is Tanya Arnold and we've slightly turned the tables on your normal host, Stevie Ward, because this week I'm going to be interviewing Stevie. The reason for that is he has announced his retirement from Rugby League this week. We'll be joined by his partner, Nat, as well through the programme as we go through his journey with concussion. Um, Stevie, are you sitting comfortably? I am. I'm sharing a mic for the first time in a while. Um, apart from that, I'm sitting comfortably. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, you know, there's not much more to be doing at the minute. We've gone in the second lockdown and I'm looking after myself and um, handling what is one of the biggest moments in my life, I guess. Yeah. So you have announced your retirement. How long have you known in your own mind that this was the decision you had to make? Um, I think it's become a lot clearer as time's gone on. I think even around the summer when things were sticking around and when the symptoms were kind of not being linear. So sometimes I'd even think, do you know what? I might be clearing up a bit here. If I can just feel like that for two days or if I can just get better in, in this sense, I'll be all right. But I think really it was almost like everyone everyone had a period, to be honest. Everyone had a period with lockdown to understand what it was like to not go and be a rugby player. Um, and, and everyone sort of had that period of away from all the jobs too. But I had obviously the real daunting um, experience of that because I was around my house and, you know, it was lovely weather and at times and it was some nice experiences, but I think that was dawning on me um, for quite some time. I think around the summertime, I, I sort of knew that if it carried on for much longer, that, that, that I'd be making this decision. And I think, you know, the last couple of months has really been sort of configuring it in my mind and, and sort of thinking, all right, I, I think this is what I've got to do. Um, you know, hence, you know, the, the, the statement and releasing it over the last, you know, last few days. Because um, it was just sort of, I, I think probably I was leaving it till the last moment in my mind, that I, you know, that I could still maybe perceive a crack, another crack or, or think about another option. But, you know, I think the writing was on the wall really from, from um, you know, late summer, I think. So what's it been like the last few days since you announced it? It's, well, it's one of those things. There's been some absolutely incredible, like, feedback from from it. There's been some amazing support. People have been reaching out and talking to me and sending me messages. And, um, you know, and that's been, that's been right by my side, reading um, all the stuff that's been going on and telling me that, you know, you know, X and O's messaged me saying this and, you know, how brilliant is that? And, you know, emails coming through and all sorts of stuff. And it's been really humbling. It's been, it's been, I'm, I'm truly grateful to have, have, have been sent all that stuff. And, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not in the position where I can soak it all up in a way. Like, yeah, I think I'm, I've wanted to be able to go through stuff, message people back, um, but I've got a short lifespan when I go on my phone these days. Um, and I've got to really sort of go against um, my will to, to, to stay on it and do stuff sometimes. Um, so it's, 
it's been lovely. It's been lovely to hear everything. And it's also been um, a moment where I felt quite, quite on point, I think. Um, and what I mean by that is quite, I, mess, I, I mentioned to you, Tanya, the other day, and, and it's, it's something that's been knocking around my head for a bit, but it's, um, it's sort of matching up or meeting the point what, what the world needs at the minute. And I think a lot of the world needs a voice on, on, on head injuries, on concussion, what's going on right now. And, you know, matching that up at uh, the intersect point with, with what gives you deep gladness and, and gratitude. And, you know, I've sort of met that point, I think, um, on that day, certainly when, when we did that interview and, um, you know, it's, it's something that I'm at peace with. Um, but it's something that I feel like I've got a duty to, to talk about, to, to be honest as well. And, um, so that's, that's, I guess that's what it's been standing for something and, and doing something, which I'll be honest, like the, the, the last, this, this last year and the situation that I'm in right now is the stuff of nightmares that, that like, you know, everything that, that I could think of to go wrong from what position I've been in at the start of year um, has gone wrong in, in terms of my health and, and, you know, being on the pitch and being able to do what I've wanted to do. And, uh, um, yeah, and I'm, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm proud of myself in a, in a certain, certain type of way for, for these last three months, I'd say last three months, four months by being able to get a handle on it. Cause at, at times there they definitely weren't, definitely wasn't a handle on it. So from your point of view, as you were beginning to come to terms with your own decision, obviously we've had such a spotlight on concussion with the rugby union players who are bringing the class action. Did that make it easier for you or did it actually make it more difficult for you because you knew you were going to be dragged into something that, that wasn't your story necessarily and, and wasn't maybe something you're thinking about, but you you know your own retirement because of concussion was going to get that much more of a spotlight from from people who wouldn't necessarily have given you a spotlight for it. Yeah, that, that's that's a good question. I think it's it's sort of a double edged sword that in a way because I think I think that the 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 light being shined on it is the right thing, and I think it's it's been in a way nice to know that I'm not alone um, because at times I really felt alone um, in that period. Uh, I felt unjust, and I felt like, well, you know, why is it happening to me? And, and it, it's 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 sort of yeah. I guess I, yeah. I'm 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 not I'm not standing on my own in in some sense. Um, and then on the other end, you know, it's 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 scary. It's quite scary to understand what's what's been happening and understand where these guys are at now um, from doing something that, that they've been so passionate about. But um, you know, it's it's quite tough. And then you know, I've I've sort of been aware. I've sort of been. Um, and that's that's been sort of aware of this as well that you know I need to do it in the right way um, I need to end things in the right way um, and also to to speak to the people that I trust and to sort of um, do it for the right reasons you know like it's the, the, the message or the, the retirement that's happened now is, is probably been amplified somewhat because of the current climate that, that we're in and um, but it's still 
my situation that, that I need to deal with correctly. It, it must have, it must have been scary hearing some of their stories. You know, they're, they're not that much older than you, some of these guys. And, mm. you know, I found them horrifying to listen to from your point of view. It must have been incredibly hard. Yeah. The, the, um, watching Alex Popham's video, um, talking about his early onset dementia and, and you know, the, the idea that he's, he's, it came to a head when he went out on a bike ride, one of the, the usual routes that he does. And he's, he's, he's gone on the bike ride and he's, he's, he's stopped and he's going, where am I? I don't know. I don't know where I am. And I'm, I'm like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything scarier. And I'm, I don't know what, 13 years younger, maybe. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, that's, that's scary. Um, and you know, not. I, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a, a unique lens to look at everything that's been going on um, recently. I guess because I've been suffering and struggling with these symptoms that it's just not seeming to go away, and and sometimes they're just as bad as they were nine months ago. Um, and you know, I, I look at what's going on, um, and and. You know, with, with Rob, like he's he's one of my closest mates that I've I've, I've had in rugby, and I've shed many a tear. Um, yeah, about that. Um, and it's it's hard because you know who knows what's what's gone into it you know we've not had any there's no proven links for research um there's no sort of suggestible stuff that's that's out there but yeah it's because i'm i went into this year as a captain um and and i wanted to do it for rob i wanted to play for rob but i've ended up um being on the spectrum of neurological impairment and you know it's it's, it's quite when you're in in that you're on that wavelength it's quite um yeah it's it's it's, it's daunting um and I'm, I'm not saying i have to be clear that i'm not trying to to um damn anything i'm not trying to damn the game of rugby i'm not trying to damn any collision sports because it's it's helped serve who i am it's helped make me who i am um and it's i've been a been a uh, the trials and tribulation to build resilience to build connections and it's um, been the game that a large amount of my time on the earth has, has served me as a feeling of freedom and expression um, so I want to be clear that, that I'm, not, I'm not damning it and, and I'm not trying to um, I don't know um throw any mud at the game or anything like that because it's 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 basically the biggest part of who I am. Um but I guess like anything, you know, the extremes which you go to, often it, it comes with a, another extreme as well, another side to it. Um and you know I meant you know I'd, I, well I meant to put an Instagram post out but I think we need to remain confident that we can get the best from the game and we can keep 
going forward with the game so it keeps giving the best stuff to people but also that it doesn't take as much away from us um, and I think it's wise to consider that and it's wise to look at how we do it um, and you know that takes a lot of science it takes a, a merging of anecdotal experience too um, and I just think it's a wise decision and, and I, I just think that we're past saying that we need more research um, I think it's it's probably a time where we need to say we'll do research after some changes. Um, so, yeah. We'll come back to that. But I'd just like to take you back 11 months to the two concussions that you had. The first one was in a, a pre-season friendly. Were you actually knocked out in that game? No, that's 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 quite a good point to raise. Um, I got caught in a funny tackle Um and I look back at it, I'm like, I should have just let him get on his front and play the ball. But I tried pulling him onto his back. So, you know, we were in a dominant position and, and this sort of stuff. And I'll pull him back towards the floor with his back coming towards the floor. My head was in between the floor and his back. Um, and then um, one of the biggest fellows that we've got on the pitch jumped on top of it. And my head was uh, in between, in between his back and his floor. Um, and I got up and I'm like, wow. I sort of knew, like, wow, that's, I was a bit dizzy and a bit like, I just felt different. I felt really different. Um, and I carried on playing, you know, the rest of the half. And then, you know, looking back now, I, I, at half time, I, I felt a bit sicky, a bit dodgy. Um, but I didn't think anything of it. You, you know, you've got that much caffeine running from your adrenaline and. Um, I remember thinking my school's flipping strong. That's what I remember thinking. Um, went out, played, and I think my performance for ten minutes was pretty good. Um, but then I think the next ten minutes, I sort of like started losing my balance a bit, and slipping over, and you know, it's hard to determine what 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 caused that. But um, that's just my my uh, experience. Um, and then i got a, I got a, yeah I got a cut on that game as well on my chin I had to get that stitched up and I remember being a bit cloudy daisy and like I'm just tired might be tired like caffeine all this sort of stuff but then when I got on the bus I I, uh, I, I just remember getting really irritable um, I was texting that you know just about different things that were going on saying oh, I need to do this I need to do this and change this and you know and that were like you've won on you you've had a good game and stuff I'm like yeah yeah and I started feeling a bit sicky then and and like car sick if if you know and 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 uh that's that's how I felt at that period and and then I washed out for the rest of that week just fatigued sleeping for three or four hours in the day and then um you know got back up training and stuff to to play again two weeks later um and uh, then then got a, a big well I mean I got a, I'd say I got a big whack um from a, a collision which was like you know split my face um which required about five or six stitches after it but you know that it was a, it was a brutal game that that one like um well FC you know it, it was a sort of definition of a tough sort of hungry group of men coming to um do the business if you like um and you know we were on the other end of that and they, they sort of definitely overpowered us in that first half and you know I'm, I'm I'm probably not in a great way um 
But I remember coming out and and to this second half and I'm just thinking that they're not they're not gonna get over the top of us for this second half. They're not gonna um not gonna bully us. Um you know, I went out going to get them and probably succumbed a few more knocks or whatever and you know, whether I was in the right headspace for that. Um it's questionable and, and you know I felt I felt I felt like I'd left myself out there again. I felt like I'd made a statement or shown shown the way to lead. Um, and you know, obviously, the back end of that uh, was um, was um, back in a, a position which was similar to, to two weeks before. So that's that's sort of how how that that series sort of um, planned out really. So after that first one, I mean, yeah, I've watched enough games now. You you can see somebody get yeah actually knocked out that either as they hit the deck or as they're falling, they're knocked out. It's one of the problems that well, your first one, it, it wasn't that clear an injury. Mm. You, know, it, you know, there wasn't a point you were knocked out, they came on, took you off, gave you a head assessment, bang, you can't play for the rest of the game. Mm. That's, yeah, that's, it's something that I've, I've, I've considered, um, you know, I, I, I just, I just have this burning fire to play on and like carry on. And was there a, a point in that first game where a doctor saying, "I'm not sure you're right," and you're saying, "I am right," or because no. the nature of it, that ne- that conversation never happened. No, no, there, there was no point there, and I, 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 you know, at that at that point, I, I had no. Um, understanding of what was going on really I think it took me a, a couple of days to go alright okay this is this is pretty serious I need to, to tell the doctor um, and uh, yeah I'd, 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 not, I'd not raised it by that point and it's and this is one of the things like I sometimes wonder because everyone's got different brains everyone's got different minds like you know is it is it is it better to get this is this is one of my thoughts is it better to get knocked out um and, and sort of be down and then sort of like everyone knows what's going on. They will at least take you, yeah, at that point you're taking mm. the pitch, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And and I just don't know. It's like a question, like if I've just got like this flipping, this <laughs> this sense of autonomy that, that, that goes a bit deeper and it's just like, right now you're playing a game, boom, you, you know, and it's like muscle memory that... Um, <laughs> don't don't want to switch off, um, and you know I, I think it probably would have made my life a lot easier if if I would have just got um, in a bit of a muddle at that time. Let's bring Nat in. Um, Nat, you you've obviously lived through all of this with Stevie. Did you see a change in him between games between that preseason game? And the first game of the season, or did it not really transpire for you that there was a big problem until after that first game of the season against Hull? I think um, for me, definitely, almost instantly, I could see there was something that shifted. Um, You know, I've been with Stevie before when he's had a concussion back in 2018. So I have a bit of uh, lived knowledge about, you know, some of the effects of concussion, even though, you know, the they're two very different ones and that's also something, the thing with concussion, they're never quite the same, it seems. Um, but straight away from that first game, like Stevie said, he 
you know, I, I knew that the boys had won and, you know, I thought, you know, that's really good. It's going to be something Stevie's really pleased with. It's putting them, you know, in good stead going into the first game of the season, like going forward. But, um, you know, I was receiving messages from him that, you know, I was asking, you know, how was the game? Did you enjoy it? And he wasn't even replying to that. He was already coming back with um, just like an irritability about him and, um, you know, something that he, he, the conversation was so erratic. He was bouncing around from one thing to another. And we actually had uh, friends staying with us that weekend. And, you know, normally our house is filled with so much, um, you know, it's very sociable and laughter and stuff like that. And as soon as Stevie came in, it was somebody coming in that wasn't in that headspace, wasn't, um, didn't want to connect, didn't want to be there. And straight away, you know, I could see oh, there's something not right here. And it wasn't until later that evening, we actually managed to have a conversation and Stevie had mentioned, oh, I'm not sure if I got, um, you know, a bit of a head knock during the game. And, um, you know, th- I think that was kind of it for that evening. But then the days coming out of that, um, you know, he, he just was completely on low power mode, it seems. You know, he, he was sleeping for long periods of time during the day and um, everything was just slowed down. The conversations we were having were slow. His ability to make decisions was really slow. And, you know, straight away I'm thinking, he, you know, he's, he's not okay. And um, that kind of period led to him, you know, letting the doctors know, like I think I had a knock and I'm, I'm not feeling right. Um, and then coming out of that, you know, it was quite a scary um, period because I'm working full time at this point and, um, you know, preparing for a pretty big period at work for myself. And I'm coming in back from work on the evening and all the lights are off in the house. Stevie's laid there in the dark and, you know, I've left the house at 9.30 that morning and I'm coming in at 6.30, coming up to 7 o'clock and he's, you know, just laid there and it got to the stage where I was ringing him on every lunch break and things like that because I just knew he was in a position where, yeah, he wasn't really in a position to, you know, even watch TV or go for a walk or do these kind of things because it was just... I think exhaustion mainly in the first stage, but then also, um, yeah, just complete symptoms were being um, caused from like the smallest of things. But I think the biggest thing really to note with this is Stevie was so confused by how he was feeling. For me, it was very clear that he was exhausted. You know, he couldn't even have the lights on in the house. You know, that's not something that I would ever walk into normally. So could you talk um, about that, given he was confused, you could see, presumably, was he struggling to see what was wrong with him? Was was Were you having really difficult conversations because you could see it and he couldn't? Um, it's, it's a really hard one to try explain. I think Stevie deep down knew that um, it was because of this head knock, but because the symptoms are they're not linear, they don't, build up gradually and go down gradually you know you're suddenly hit with a migraine but that migraine you know you could have just been not doing anything for the past four hours and it could be from something you did earlier on in the day and I think um 
you know, it's possibly just trying to um, put some positive thinking on it of that. Oh, it, you know, it's it's anything but this. It's anything but because of the concussion. And because if it is because of that, you know, the answer would be that he can't play that first game of the season. And I think the confusion comes because his brain's not able to fully, at that moment in time, like put the information into the boxes they need to go in. It was just, he was just experiencing everything and nothing seemed like a, you know, a linear path um, for him to be able to understand. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do, do you yeah, have- I, I think just, just back that up. It certainly felt like if there were a box of, of I don't know, um, box of my worries, insecurities, ambitions, purposes like I don't know um, things that you want to do and, and things that make you happy things that don't make you just got like bashed bashed around which I guess is, is sort of like your brain's getting bashed around but if that brain's like all of those things everyone everything's put into different order and everything's put into a different um, you know, different mode you, that you'd act out I guess um, and you know certainly very mixed up Um in, 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 in that time um, and trying to realise what was going on. Were you adamant you were going to play that opening game though? Was that was that a contention between you or was that just that was what was going to happen? Well, I mean, as, as, a, as a rugby player, you just, you're so persistent on, on, on playing, on doing it. Um, and, you know, I were, I were <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm captain and I'm, um, I've got a knock pre-season friendly before the first game and I'm just so adamant that you know I, I want to play and I guess I just kept voicing out what was going on for me um, in that in that ratio that I just mentioned that mixed up ratio and, and you know sort of listing what were happening but, but also you know how, how much I wanted to 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 go out and, and, and play and um yeah, so that's yeah. I guess I guess I was. You know, it'd be a lie to say that I didn't want to play. I was, I was so keen to play, um, and I guess that that needs putting somewhere. That must have been really hard for you, now because I mean, I've always wondered with parents and partners how tough it is to watch, but to watch when you know things aren't necessarily right. That must be very difficult. Yeah, I mean, the, there was a few challenging conversations we had to have very early on actually you know these are not things you can ignore because um as much as I think Stevie was confused about the situation you know I was walking in and seeing the symptoms quite clearly in front of me um and I'd say to Stevie you know what level is your headache and he'd be like oh well you know it's just this but then I'm like well it can't be just that because you can't even have the lights on in the house so you know trying to help him understand how he's actually feeling um but then also we had a conversation of you know bringing I said like as a rugby player it's it's incredible what you do like the 2017 grand final you're you prove to people you can do incredible things with your body like the exceptional but you can't do that every week there has to be a point that their moments become and you let them be the exceptional moments, the one-offs, but, you know, you have to be able to say, I'm not okay here, actually. And, you know, I'm, I, 
you know, I'm not okay to play, but that's also an acceptance that would be going against everything Stevie's ever been taught and um, brought up to be within, you know, the rugby culture. And that's not an easy shift to make, never mind when your brain's also a bit impaired at the moment as well. So um, there were some challenging um, conversations that happened really early on. But um, again, like I said, Stevie was in a position where even just having these conversations, it was like a different person. You know, Stevie's normally super eloquent, knows his own mind and able to, you know, offer opinions and thoughts as he's going through. But, um, and this is still the case now, actually, that things we're having a conversation and his ability to just come up with what's inside his head in that moment and and verbalise it straight away has really been reduced. That's probably one of the biggest things I've noticed of our conversations that normally would take, you know, two minutes, yep, this is a decision and move on. And now conversations over days to get to the same result. And that's over small things, never mind big things. So, um, you know, to try to have that conversation about playing was something that lasted the whole two weeks of, uh, you know, the process to that second game. And what about the, the weeks, the days, the weeks for both of you that followed that first game of the season where you couldn't play again? I mean, you, wouldn't, you were not even passing protocols by this point, but, you know, you, you, you had a brain injury. You have a brain injury. Yeah, there was very mixed up. Very, very mixed up um, with what was going on, um, and I had to digest what was going on. Uh, don't know if I had the ability to do that. Uh, obviously, having these migraines and 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 balance issues, and and I think all this stuff looked <laughs> looked. I mean, you know, they say like with stuff like concussion and and and, and mental health stuff, you can't really see it, but I, I do think that you know at this point that some of the stuff that that I was doing in terms of my balance and and, um, and getting around and you know voicing concerns about would have sort of you know thrown some alarm bells out um, and it would just do you know what I was so and I say this I, flipping, I say this a lot and um, I've voiced that I've, I've been down and stuff um, and you know suffered with depression and anxiety but this was like a, a, a mashup of it all I really didn't I just couldn't my capacity so like the capacity to deal with it was really diminished so you've got you've got the brain that's injured but the brain usually is something that you can rely on or what I've relied on to deal with the issue um, but that that capacity was diminished um, and I felt very, very low um, and almost out of control in 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 the in the sense that I mean that I had no governance on on what was going on really, um, and you know I'm 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 sort of <laughs> proud that I can I can voice things as I go and and open up and, and speak to Natalie and speak to friends, um, but it was a it was a, a sticky moment in time for sure for that first, I think even first month, first two months. Um, 
it was really sort of hard to deal with not just the injury but not being able to play and, and having this concussion that kept sort of creeping on longer and longer because you know no one no one's spoken out about post-concussion syndrome too much um, I just can't keep my mouth shut it seems <laughs> um, but you know I, I felt I felt very alone sort of in that in that moment um, in that time period and a bit um, yeah just a bit, bit distressed with everything that was going on can I just pick you up on something that yeah, for, for those who've maybe followed your journey with mentality you have been incredibly honest and incredibly open about your own problems with depression mm-hmm. and that journey you know we, we've all watched it unfold and what you've done in the field of mental health were you because of the brain injury did you suddenly find yourself almost back to square one because you couldn't articulate what you were going through in the so eloquently for the last couple of years or so yeah and and you know i think because of the all the tools i've learned and perspectives and you know things to do and things ways to look at things and you know all of that was sort of like for a few months thrown out the window because this was such a a harrowing time for me um you know physically but also mentally in 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 the way that i just i couldn't i couldn't seem to get hold of it and and sort of handle it and and it definitely felt a bit like a time when i was about 19 20 and i was on this sort of default mode that 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 had a big hole after I wasn't playing rugby I was injured and I wasn't able to play to my potential and you know play to how others wanted me to play and, and viewed it um I was very at that time you know I think I probably suffered with depression but I think I was confused as to how to get myself out of it how to um understand my values understand my purpose understand the things that I shouldn't you know the the unnecessary suffering really from that you know it, it was just all it, it was like a, you know my mind used me rather than me using my mind in that sense um and you know this 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 time this this you know this period after that second concussion i think was another moment in which i was hostage to to what was going on really um if that makes sense i was sort of like yeah i was i was on a wave of the symptoms the physical symptoms but all the, also the confusion the anger the because you know you, you can't see the wood for the trees if it's your brain that's injured because that's what that's your whole experience of the world your whole experience of you know mental health is virtually your experience of the world so when that's not um and you can't pick up foresight you can't pick up a, a zoom out perspective and and you know I, I, I still can't exercise I, I still can't exercise now um without aggravating my system um the symptoms um you know and at that point i couldn't i couldn't do anything that that <laughs> helped relieve it a bit um and I think you know sometimes a delusion would come in that I might be all right here and I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay. I'll be able to play soon. That'd creep back in and that'd be sort of respite. But you know that's the thing with mood swings. You know you get the the, the dark side of it and the hard side of it, and then 
you get the delusion and, and the sort of lack of reasoning too. And Nat, how difficult was that for you to watch? I mean, you, you've seen Stevie, he's had some, some physical injuries in his career. You know, the bone, it's it's a ligament or something like that. You you know something's healing. This, it just seems to be going round in circles. Yeah, I mean, the first, like Stevie said, the first, I would say the first three months after that second head knock when we, you know, when we really knew something wasn't right. Um, it was probably one of the scariest, most stressful, um, overwhelming periods I've, I've ever had to um, encounter so far. I, I was in a period where I was actually performing in Leeds at the time, the week after that game. And uh, my schedule at work was incredibly busy and um you know I, I also had to uh make sure I was in the headspace where I could perform and do a good job and um I was aware at this period Stevie had voiced quite early on to me that you know he he was unsure why or unsure where it was coming from and he didn't feel like he had so much governance over it but you know he was suffering from suicidal thoughts and you know was having these urges almost to um just like this wave of feeling that of like oh I just don't want to just stop it and just don't want to be here and you know even though I'm I, I'm so proud that we have a relationship where you know there's no question for him to share that information um you know very very quickly I had to jump into gear and you know realize the severity of this of this isn't just a guy who's suffering from headaches this is a guy whose whole um perception of life at the moment has been completely shifted and it you know it got to the stage where I had to almost micromanage um every part of his day to you know I was, knew I was going to be out all day for very long periods and also out in the evening while the performances were happening and I'd have my phone at the side of the stage, which is something I would never normally do. Just, you know, every time I had the chance, I would check to see if I had a missed call or a message or, you know, it, it was serious times. And this is something now and that I didn't realise at the time, but now I've done, you know, research into it as Steve's injury has gone on. This is so common um, with people who suffer um, head injuries and uh, concussions and post-concussion syndrome, you know, these kind of symptoms are really common and it's something, you know, we kind of just had to figure out as we were going. Um, you know, so them, the mental symptoms for me were my biggest concern at the beginning. And, you know, I, I was encouraging Stevie as much as I could to, you know, this was before the pandemic to, you know, see people, see his friends and, you know, trying to invite his friends over for the evening, you know, can you, you know, stay with Stevie, make sure he's okay. Um, you know, and really trying to encourage, um, just some kind of positive influence while I wasn't there. Um, but then, you know, there's also part of it where I, I really noticed his, um, 
and and they're so subtle. And if you were only with him for you know, an hour a day or just met for a coffee or these kind of things, you'd just think, oh God, he was a bit, a bit daft, wasn't he? Or, you know, uh, a bit forgetful or, you know, these kind of, oh, he didn't seem totally with it today. You know, he must have had something on his mind and you can play it off as these things. But because I was here and seeing him daily and constantly, you know, there's certain things I was noticing one time that really stands out in my mind was we were emptying the dishwasher on the morning and, uh, I, I just stood back and I, I was watching him as he did it. I don't know why I um, started watching him and he took the plates out of the dishwasher and opened the cupboard door, put them in the cupboard. And then it was like something switched in his head and he took the plates out, put them on the side and just walked away. And, you know, I, there's so many moments like this where, you know, we woke up in the morning, he's opened the curtains in the bedroom, he's walked to the other side of the room, walked back to the curtains and shut them again. And, you know, just these total moments of like as if his brains just switched its focus and direction and confused itself. And, you know, Stevie's totally unaware in these moments when he's done it. And, you know, these things of me trying to quickly understand, you know, quick Google searches to be like, you know, how's best for me to handle this? Do I tell him every time he does it? Do I, um, play it off as a joke do I you know how's best for me to handle this um and you know it got to the stage where we made some decisions really early on that I took on um more of the mentality work and you know sending St- Stevie's emails for him and you know also taking over on social media to try um just to try and make sure that we we're still able to achieve all the things he'd planned to achieve that year, but, you know, doing it in a different way. But these were things, you know, that were going on behind the scenes that got very scary at, at the beginning. So how did the pair of you find your way through after those initial couple of months? <sighs> a lot of organising mm. um, was the biggest thing, uh, which, you know, I, I think we both say now we look back and we're super proud actually of um how we managed to do it you know we um it was a lot of planning and you know a lot of deciding of you know what's important to keep going what's important that we keep putting out there like the work with mentality I think both of us knew that that's not something you can just stop like that's people um use mentality to inspire them and help with their mental health so that's not something you can just decide well we're going to take a break from so you know ha- making them decisions of how we make that work um yeah and also you know stuff with mentality also sort of gave me purpose in, in a time when I'd, I'd, I'd you know the, the the one thing that I was so gunned up to do um was sort of you know, ripped away. So Nat was really supportive in, in that way that she made sure that, you know, she took, you know, took some of the stuff to do and, and, you know, that we could keep it as something that was present in our lives so that, you know, I had the purpose and, you know, the other people that took some workload and, you know, I were actively on it. I was sort of very quiet and, but, I think just that that sort of shining light to think you know there's something in my life that's that's still worth (laughs) 
worth fighting for. Um, and it 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 was it, it's been I think it's been a long year for everyone, but you know it was certainly felt at times like a very long period. Um, just sort of in my symptoms and just not being able to, you know, waiting for this. I was just waiting for this time. I <laughs> waiting for like I've spoke to got mates who you know that he does the co-hosting sometimes mentality Chris O'Connor and he's he's had post-concussion syndrome and you know he was like yeah it's, I felt I felt shocking most of the year and it'd be not linear and it, it you know it sort of left me one time I sort of noticed for a week that it left me after about seven months I'm like right okay okay I need to okay I just need to get through this and just need to get to this point and look after myself and you know do the right things and take all the supplements and make sure I can do some walking and stuff and it's just uh it's 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 obviously stuck around. Um and yeah, I think I share the same opinion that I'm proud or, you know, me and Nat are both proud of ourselves uh sort of getting through that that period and, you know, there were times which which were which were, were so hard to deal with but we you know we <laughs> we got through. Yeah, and there was also some really nice things to come out of it as well. You know, mm. it, I think we became masters at the beginning of how to fill your time without watching television, without yeah. going on screens, without, yeah. you know, doing exercise, all, all the things we would normally do, go for big walks, do this kind of stuff. We had to quickly come up with um, new ways to do things and yeah. fill our time a lot of painting a lot yeah. of puzzles dancing off the cards wasn't it for, yeah. for a few months now. yeah you had to put your dancing shoes away <laughs> so yo you are 11 months in from that second concussion where would you say you are now Stevie and that where would you say he is um where am I at now uh I'm just in, I'm just sort of in, um, in a mode where I'm just hoping that my brain comes back. You know, there's a lot of people I've spoke to and there's a lot of people that have suffered with, you know, people, there's people suffering for four or five years, people suffering for most of their life. There's people suffering for a year. There's people suffering for a year and a half. And it's like the, the spectrum of it is so wide and I'm just like, I need to, well, I need to sort of work around it. Uh, you know, I need to find the best way to work around it. And I'm trying to put things in place where I can, um, and I can st- still spring out of bed in the morning because, you know, the purpose of, of helping men with their mental health and resilience is, is there. It's just the way that I do it is, has got to be adapted. And, and, you know, where I am with my head, <laughs> I, I, I went to get Botox uh, a couple of months ago, um, you know, I'd do anything to get a bit of Botox, but this this finally finally achieved it. Um, I went to get Botox because it's you know like it's it relaxes the nerve endings or in the muscle, and it sort sort of stops that feedback of you know your brain setting off a migraine, and then your skin, your muscle sort of you know repeating the cycle and, and sending it back. So hopefully. You know, I'm hoping that works. You know, they only know if it's going to work after four or five months. It's, you know, being realistic, it's probably not worked yet, but still still have another time to, to try it out. So that's, I guess that's where I'm at with my symptoms and I've got a vestibular physio that, that I'm working with to, to try and try, try and do things with. And I, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's little stuff like, 
bending down from a seat and and working on that to to see if I still get woozy too much and you know uh, looking at two points sat down 45 min- 45 centimetres apart um, with my arms stretched out looking at my fingers and, and moving my head to it and and my eyes at the same time and you know that's where I'm at like I probably uh, the first period working so hard to try flipping and get better I were completely overloading the system but in reality that's where I'm at that I need to be able to get my brain better at working with the inner ear again um and you know that's in terms of concussion that's 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 what I'm praying for to to get better and I mean Nat'll be able to tell you a bit of a what, what, what where, where she's at well I think you know the biggest thing that springs to my mind is we have so much more knowledge now around your injury you know uh, that first stage I think it was so difficult because we just had no idea what triggered symptoms you know we have notebooks full of us trying to monitor Stevie's um, heart rate when he was walking to see okay when does a headache come on and you know these things you know for someone else's concussion that that might be the answer but for Stevie's it wasn't and you know we spent so much time trying to figure these things out that we just you know we thought oh going for a nice gentle stroll won't be a problem but then now with the information we know that actually the gentle stroll as long as Stevie's head's facing forward is fine but actually when Stevie's walking and if he turns his head to the side to talk to me whilst we're walking that triggers a lot of his symptoms because his inner ears not um not get getting giving the right information to the brain it's you know it's confused and it's unsure why it's going in one you know the body's moving in one direction but its head's facing a different way and you know we have an understanding more now of actually what the injury is and how it works so we're in such a better position even though your symptoms on the most part you still have days where you're pretty much the same of mm-hmm. as when it first started you know, we have a better knowledge of how to make life fit around that. Whereas, you know, for a long time, it kind of felt we were chasing your concussion rather than yeah. being on top of it. So, yeah, we're definitely in a much better position. Um, and what would you say, because I think, again, it's probably easier for you from the outside looking at Stevie, where would you say emotionally <laughs> in terms of mood swings and, and that side that, that he's at? Um, I think I would say, God, what month are we now? January. Um, in in the summer and coming out of summer was a really difficult stage for the mood swings, and we had a long period where, you know, it was really challenging. Um, and you know, it actually got to a stage where we needed to take space. We needed to have time to, um, you know, just try be and to try um understand how he was feeling for himself because it was so um explosive the different moods you were having mm. um you know throughout the day throughout the week it just changed and these are just things of like oh I'm a bit agitated like the whole way you were thinking and seeing the world was shifting so dramatically from day mm. to day um and that's probably been your biggest focus in the last couple of months and I think this is where you know 
I get so proud when reading the messages people were sending to Stevie after the announcement, you know, because it takes us so long because I've got to read them out to Stevie, but I cry <laughs> at everyone. So it takes us forever. Um, but, you know, I, I know how much work he's put into every day. Stevie does his rehab exercises, Stevie rests, Stevie does his meditations, he does his gratitude, all the work that he needs to do to make sure the mood swings and the emotional side is in order. You know, he might get a migraine and we can't do much about that, but the emotional stuff, it's, I've never seen someone be so motivated and so strict with themselves to make sure that they actually get that stuff done. So then when you see, you know, the messages of admiration from fans and from people about his career and about who he is, you know, it makes me so proud because I see day to day, you know, how much work goes into that. And, you know, they get inspired by him from a podcast he does or from a game that he plays, but, you know, they're just such small snippets into someone's life, you know, like even just to do a podcast at the moment, Stevie has to rest for the day around that you know he can't do other things like that's the thing that he does that day and you know there's so much work that goes into it it's an immense pride really around how you've managed to get the emotional stuff in order thank you (laughs) i mean the work that you have done with mentality the way that you opened up a few years ago about what you've gone through do you think you could have handled what's happened to you in the last 11 months if you hadn't already been on that journey? Um, That's a really good question. That's a really, really good question. Um, I'd I'd, I'd have a strong conviction to say probably not. Um, Yeah, I think I probably would because I think all of those experiences built up for me to have the ability to be vulnerable. and that's important because it's it's just being myself. Um, it's not being weak. It's 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 taking the option to do something about it. You know, you've got to be vulnerable first. It's the, the, the it's it's the biggest measure of courage. And and you know, rugby league players, we're, you know, we're we're vulnerable in the sense that you go out for a game and you you try your best to win, um, but you you don't know if you are going to win. You've got no you've got no conception. And it's not a fact that you're going to win. It's you're putting your body on the line. So that's that's a vulnerable act, but it's, it's sort of not understood that way. Um, and I think, you know, those acts, a lot of understood on the field, that I've understood um, when working with mentality, when speaking to all these ranges of different people. Um, and, you know, being vulnerable, making the connections, making the, the base where I can, go and speak to people honestly and authentically um, to then get advice, but then to just feel better that, that I'm, I'm being honest with myself has is, is really helped. And I think you know, some of the, the lessons that I've learned and some of the things that, you know, I probably want to mention this actually on, on this podcast, but you know, I talk about meditation, mindfulness and not a lot, but some of the things that concussion affects in terms of impulse decisions and in terms of um, the panic or the anger or the frustrating um, frustrating times, meditation and mindfulness sort of have been proven to physically counteract that in the brain. So, you know, when your amygdala kicks off, which is 
you know the the the, the first sort of part of your old reptilian brain, if you like, um, saying panic, alert, alert, um, and it's sort of sending your systems. Meditation shrinks that in the brain, and it also um, it also thickens the hippocampus for learning and, and memory, but the prefrontal cortex as well, it, it, it sort of strengthens that area, which is, you know, decision-making, uh, prefrontal cortex, your brain's decision-making. So I've, I've, I swore to myself that I'd, I'd meditate every day um, and I, I swore to myself that I'd do gratitude in terms of rewiring what's going on in my brain. Um, <clears throat> and despite feeling like I was useless um, a lot of the time, I try train that muscle, train that sort of pathway to to still look for the good, and you know th- those are the sort of the things which I feel I've I've had a, a strong purpose to use this year, but I feel like they should be invested in for everyone to to use. It's you know there's lessons that have come out of this year that that I'm never going to forget, and and you know there's this. We've we've launched Evolve now, and we've got a group of guys on there, and and, and a massive part of that was because I needed a new team. I needed to sign for a new team, so I signed for Evolve. Um, but the, the the foundations in there are, are on a habit tracker, which which I vouch for, and which I feel are non negotiables in the world. But it's like if you just take mental health as the experience, your experience in the world. Don't think about anything else but just think mental health is the basis of every interaction that you have everything that you want to achieve everything that you have doubts about it's the whole the whole thing the whole thing encompassing it then you know I'd, I'd I'd question why we don't work on it and I'd question why we feel like when we're looking at physical health that we don't expect results when you know we're not you know for instance dieting or eating the right foods or we're not training for it um, so it dawned upon me this year that you've got to work on your brain as well. You've got to work on, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a situation where I have no idea what, what damage I've done to my brain. Um, I've no idea what's going to happen in the future. Um, but I'm doing everything that I can to, to work on that. Like, like I would if, if I had a, a physical injury too. So, I, you know, that's, that's sort of one of the messages that, that, that I've, I've known to come out of this time and I've known that I've wanted a team as well because I've always had a team around me um, and you know that's I'm lucky enough to be able to build that team through Evolve and it sits perfectly with my purpose because it's, it's to try and help guys train their brain or help guys to understand their mental health and, and understand all the knowledge and stuff that comes around that too so yeah that that's that's where I'm at with that. I, I can't flipping remember the question now, but <laughs> so I went on a- yeah, when, when we did the Super League show back in whichever month it was, I think September time and, and chatting to you and, you know, I suppose I thought it doesn't sound like it'd be a great idea if you went back on a rugby league pitch. But I did remember saying to you that at least, you know, some, some players finish and, and they go, what now? You have something that you are very passionate about to take forward, haven't you? And and that is is one saving grace, I suppose, of having to call it quits early, that you do at least have something and a purpose and a vision of, of what you want to do next. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, an even bigger shame than having to stop stop rugby is, is not being able to do anything else outside of it. And, 
you know, there's a certain amount I can do now, uh, which I hope doesn't deteriorate. But I, I do hope that I can fully go into something and, you know, fully go into what, what I knew to be um, a strong a strong purpose that I had. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I just realised, I think, you know, in rugby you get told, especially when you're a young kid, oh, it's not going to be around forever. It's not going to be, um, you know, you could get injured. People who say that to me are like, yeah, I will get injured. <laughs> um, but, you know, people give you this message and, you sort of because you're so you're so much like I don't know dedicated to to what 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 you want to do and 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 the game you just don't even give space to think about it. But I think when I did my ACL after suffering mentally, after not getting picked for a final, after playing below what I wanted to because I couldn't physically do it, then getting back um, on top of things physically and, and putting the size on getting a bit of man strength in there, competing, challenging and, and, and doing all that sort of stuff. But then I had another massive injury, which had put me out for 12 months. I think that was the the moment where I thought, all right, yeah, there's that big gaping hole of, of what I rest my self-esteem on, um, being rugby league and the person that I can be is, is sort of very transient or it's very um, flimsy, if, if that makes sense. And, you know, I asked a lot of tough questions of myself and, and looked at things very deeply um, and, and, and and I guess looked at psychology, looked at a little bit of spirituality and, and looked at, you know, if I can't play rugby league, then who am I and, what, and why am I here? And, you know, that like you say, that, that foundation of being able to do that work, which I think a lot of people um, strain away from or the... the the, the fear to do or fear to ask the question of you know I'd, I'd done done a lot of that because I had to at, at one stage um, I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to be having that that default purpose that was there um, taken away you know and, and I had to sort of go through a bit go through some painful experiences go through some questioning go through some analysing and, and, and speaking to different people um, from different walks of life and just go, all right, yeah, there's something that's building here and, and you know, the, the vehicle of rugby league incredibly carried that purpose um, and I'd still be doing it right now if if I could because I went out 2017 after a really dark time in 2016, being out injured for all that time and playing some games at the end, um, getting awarded, you know, number 13, which I worked so hard for all my life. And, um, you know, it was a, an extremely dark period after the season had finished and, you know, all, all, all that stuff had gone away. And I, uh, I went through a really dark period. I, I, I suffered with, with um, not feeling any sense of meaning really. Um, and, and, yeah, um, a real sort of dark period and, you know, dark night of the soul, if you like, if, if I'm going there. Um, and it was it, it was really tough, but 2017 came around and, you know, it's remembered for, for that week where I played a week later after dislocated shoulder, but it had a huger backdrop than that because I'd, I'd been to the bottom, I think, in 2016, back end of the 2016 and, went out to play that season and 
just had that much conviction and were just that uncompromising and I just I wouldn't let anyone get away from me on the field I wouldn't let anything get past me um, and I'd run through brick wall after brick wall and you know because I'd uncovered a, a bit of a, a purpose that were, that were bigger than myself um, rather than just wanting to be in the best player on, on the pitch and, and be the you know the the best player in the league and, and stuff like that. You know my purpose sort of grew um, outside of myself, I think, and I just had such a will. Um, and and you know the 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 last week in in that season was sort of the icing on the cake, if 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 that makes sense, because it was it was the complete shift to the other end of the spectrum, and 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 I'd done it for the right reasons what I believe so yeah that's I mean that that sort of answers your question from before about the experience that I've been through um, beforehand and and what probably the work that was done in that mental gym which is can get dark and um, pretty scary at times you know that work was was in the bank as you say as you say when you do a 5k run when you're getting ready for pre-season it was in the bank um, and that was to to be there for me to share lessons and there for me to also make the most tackles in a grand final um, and and it, it worked you know in complete alignment and you know now I'm at a stage where it's been fully taken away from me you know the moment so I spoke about 2017 I was going to quit then because I've been I've been I had such a condensed amount of up and downs and and suffering and you know, being things being pulled away from me. Um, you know, I, I used to I used to ask why me a lot, and you know, but you can say why me for the good things and the bad. So, um, getting to that stage now where I'm, this is probably the biggest hurdle I've ever, I've ever had to come across, and I, I'm not I'm not saying that that that's bigger than anyone else's or or harder than anyone else's, but. It's it's relative to me. I'm still I'm still going through it. I guess you know I'm, I'm, I'm I guess I'm speaking out a bit about it while I'm still going through it. But I think I've got the um, faith that that I'll come through the other side. I think. I was going to say it's also one of the most exciting because you know even though now at the moment it's you know the reality of it is still really raw and um, really difficult day to day, but. I, you know, we've had so many conversations when you were toying with the idea of, you know, can I can I risk this anymore? Do I need to make this decision now? You know, I'm stepping away from the game and, you know, you actually have a a belief in yourself beyond rugby league and that that's quite an exciting prospect, you know, when you get better and, you know, you say that, I say that with like a positive um umph about it like when you get better you have a belief that you can find them successes and highs again but in something else other than rugby league and you know I think that's quite a a powerful position to be in when you find yourself having to step away from something that you know was your dream from being a kid and again like you said you can say why me but you're also the why me that you know can have that determination to go do something to succeed in something other than this and 
that's you know that's a good position to be in despite the daily migraines and (laughs) the other stuff that's going with it which strikes me as a really good place to end on an upbeat note and the exciting future um one day we'll get career highlights because that'll be another hour and a half or so (laughs) yeah fascinating to hear your story um i'm sure it's one that hopefully will educate a lot of people um it's been an absolute privilege watching you play um it's going to be more of a privilege i think to see the next stage of your journey i hope we're working again together soon thank you for your time and for your honesty well thank you guys for listening to that and thank you for taking your time to understand the journey i've been on over the last year and how i have had to evolve myself i want to talk a little bit about how that journey my own journey is going to evolve and how your journey could evolve too evolve is your mental health training regime we all accept the importance of physical training but we have never been shown the way to train our own mental health evolve is here to cover both it will be your team your gym and your school offering all you need to learn and implement the non-negotiable tools to have in your armory when going through life how will you evolve that is the question you will evolve by using your team with support and accountability help to implement your habits an online community mentality mentor and a habit tracker the foundations for all growth you'll learn and you'll develop by using your gym to train your mental and physical health we've got workouts by top strength and conditioning coaches yoga classes guided meditations and breath work i'm telling you you need to try that straight away and you will learn by the updated version of your school you'll be able to open your mind and grow with live podcasts q a's held by myself and chris o'connor monthly workshops concept club so this is quite interesting it's like a book club but you decide how much time you want to spend on it by either discussing an article that you've read a book that you've listened to or read or a podcast all of this stuff is recorded and saved to suit your timetable so how much time you can spend to develop yourself your mental health and your physical health too which is in a everyone needs it right now everyone needs it right now because of the times that we are in and it's a tough time for everyone so what we're going to do is offer a free seven day trial so you can come in make yourself at home meet your team have a look around the gym and you can see if you fancy learning at the school to get a feel for it, understand it, see if it's for you. And it's completely up to you to come and try it out and dive into it. That's one thing I would say, dive into it. Be prepared to open your mind, be prepared to meet some people that I hope you will be able to connect with and form the strongest relationships that you've ever experienced by talking beyond stigma, by having a mentor to help you implement the habits which are crucial, (laughs) absolutely crucial. Um, And the habits are some things that have virtually saved my life in the past. So without me rambling on too much more, you can go to mentalitymagazine.com forward slash courses and I'll see you on the other side. And I look forward to sharing my onward journey with you guys. Take care.